AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. The legends are true! We're overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny! Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote. Think you can't get better value? Think again. 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Tote Plus at tote.co.uk. Welcome to the show. Rory and I came up with this genius idea yesterday, which was let's record on Friday instead when we have all the runners for Sunday at the Curra. And then we'll be in a much better position. We didn't realize at the time was that Saturday would be in major jeopardy then as well. Hello and welcome to the Final Forum Podcast. I'm Emma Kennedy. Um, Roy Dillargy from the Irish Field and Sporting Life. And of course, Final Forum Podcast legend is here as well. Uh, Rory, the current going at the Curra is heavy after torrential downpours. Um, what's your thoughts on the ground at the Curra and the prospects of racing? Uh, it, it, it looks very much up in the air, doesn't it, uh, from from what we've read. Um, you never like to hear officials saying they're hopeful that racing can go ahead. Mm. Um, that's like being hopeful that Tottenham Hotspur will win the league. <laughs> With one game to it's, go. It's, it's possible, <laughs> but you know, you have to be very optimistic to, uh, to, to view it that way. Um, you can't lose any can't lose any listeners through that, can you? <laughs> um, I'm not even sorry, Tottenham fans, and Rory's the one who said it, so take it out on him. Um, yeah, there's been there's been much much more. I mean, they they got an inch and a half of rain yesterday, an inch and a half, Emmett. Mm. Um, and we're already looking at very testing ground. Anyway, it's unraceable now. Uh, parts of the track are unraceable um, and the rain has not stopped so uh, we, we won't get the same kind of downpour in the next 24 hours but um, there's still going to be um, rain on and off all, all weekend so um, they're, if they get any more rain than they're predicted um, they'll not be going ahead on Saturday and looking at Sunday's forecast they won't be going ahead on Sunday either well, that's the problem because the uh, the, for, so, the forecast right now is for a further eight to ten millimeters of rain, followed by five millimeters of rain by Sunday. Now the current yeah. does drain very well, but given the fact that parts of the track are waterlogged right now, it would need to drain yeah. exceptionally well. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, you know, give it a dry day and it'll be fine. But the fact is, if it's if it's going to if we're going to get another ten mils or thirteen mils um, by by Sunday you, you know, it's clearly not going to be getting less testing. That's generally, that's usually how it works. Apart from at Haydock, 
or ask it. <laughs> but the more it rains, the quicker it gets. Yeah. Um, but not at the Curra. So uh, we're hopeful, but um, you know, this could be it could be awkward. And of course, it comes it comes because the Guineas comes later in Ireland than it does in the UK anyway. Um, and certain trainers are using this meeting as a a stepping stone to Epsom. Um, you know, for for Derby hopefuls. Um, that will cause a lot of headaches. And I don't know what the plan is. If, if um, Obviously, if, if Saturday's abandoned and Sunday goes ahead, I'd imagine they would shove the, the 2,000 guineas on the card. Um, that's the obvious thing. You've also got the, um, um, you know, you've got a, you've got a number of, of uh, group ones across both days and you can't afford it. It'd be very difficult if you lost both days um, because that's a lot of races that would need to be rescheduled and not they wouldn't be the easiest to, to put back in. And obviously the guineas, guineas would be the most important races in terms of getting them run quickly. I don't think the track would be mad. Well, I suppose as the situation is in Ireland, there's no great harm in running the midweek. I do have some good news for you on that front then, but I'm intrigued to know what you think about this. Uh, Pacquiao has announced the contingency plan, which is if they can't race on Saturday, they'll race on Monday. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, I was thinking earlier on, well, they'll want to have it on a weekend. But actually, it doesn't make, it makes no difference these days, does it? Doesn't matter. What's a weekend? Any difference. Yeah, weekends don't exist anymore. No, not not in the current world. Now, in the, in the new world, great, yay, fantastic. But right now, no, they don't. Uh, so they're going to... They're going to reduce the the um, field size for the six furlong sprint handicap. Um, should it go ahead, they're just gonna they're gonna cut the uh, the sprint start. Okay. Uh, um, and uh, the reason for that is because some of the the sprint start is basically waterlogged right now. So there are a few things that they have to consider. He was saying. Um, but that is the the plan. Wexford and, and Dan Patrick, go ahead. Yay. Uh, no offense, John Patrick or Wexford, you're great tracks, but you know, it's the Curra is what we're excited about. It's the 100th running of the 2000 Guineas as well, Irish 2000 Guineas. Um, so it would have been really, really uh, devastating to, to lose this. So it, it does mean we can preview it. And the good news is that the review that we have scheduled is for Tuesday. So yay. It's all coming up, final furlong. Uh, so the betting for the 2,000 guineas, Irish 2,000 guineas, uh, is Lucky Vega, his favourite. Rory had some interesting thoughts on that yesterday. We'll see what he says now. Um, out to 3-1, to one, but still an 11-4 to four shot with most firms. Wembley is a top price 9-2. to two. Poetic Flair, 11-2. to 5-1 to one is the... Price that you're mostly going to get, but you can get 11 to 2 with a couple of firms. Van Gogh has been the money horse recently, or Van Gogh, as uh, Rory would like us to say. Um, sevens, but as short as fives with a lot of firms and closing all the time. Uh, La Barossa, as uh, Charlie Appleby and Godolphin come over. Nines, and um, then we have McSweeney, who's a, an interesting runner. And Jim Bulger was telling Nick Luck that. Max Sweeney had a nasal discharge after the Darrenstown and that he expects a much better run here, but that he will need to run well in the Irish 2000 guineas in order to go to Epsom. So hopefully he puts in a better performance and we can see him in the derby. Uh, he's nines. And then Battleground was the one that was coming in for money and is now friendless. Uh, Wayne Lorden is on board 11 to 1. 
your take on the market. Yeah, we, we talked about this a, a day or two ago. The market's changed since that. But when when, um, when this was first priced up, I think um, uh, Lucky Vega was put in at 15 to 8. Yep. And Poetic Flair at, at um, something like 7 or 8 to 1. Uh, and those those are just incorrect prices that, you know, Lucky Vega could win the race and Poetic Flair could um could come nowhere um but those are those are prices um uh you know which are just predicated on on poetic fires run in france um whereas he's beaten he's beaten lucky vega if you take the view that the um the the 2000 guineas itself was a poor race which you're perfectly entitled to take that view then that that counts against both poetic flair and lucky vega i mean lucky vega ends up being promoted in the market just for not running since Mm. Uh, whereas so I went to France and finished sixth in the uh, in the Poulain. Uh, I thought he ran perfectly well there. Um, you know, it doesn't doesn't look at him here, but I don't think he was particularly well suited by the way the race was run. Um, and although he he sort of lost his place when the pace steadied round the bend, he was rallying well at the finish. And he was actually was he beaten less than two and a half lengths, so he was beaten just over half a length for for second. Yeah, two two and a yeah, quarter it was, lengths. It was a blanket blanket behind St. Mark's Basilica. Um, and he probably didn't run that far below his um, uh, his guineas form. So um, yeah, I, I thought I thought you know pushing him out massively in the betting while while making Lucky Vega much shorter um, didn't make any sense. Um, and um, yeah, the markets the markets beginning to correct itself. I think it'll do. You know how short poetic Claire should be is is a moot point um, with with heavy ground. Um, he should have handled soft ground. And that's fair enough. But I, I thought the um, heavy ground over this trip would be a big question mark for Lucky Vega as well. I would have thought I see, so. I see him drifting markedly. He's he's um, you know, his wins have come on on um, on sort of good or quicker. He does handle some ease in the ground, but I, I don't think he'd want he'd want a real test of stamina at um, at a mile on heavy ground. So I could, I would imagine that Lucky Vega will continue on the drift. Not I'm not saying. Um, he cannot win the race. I just think that you know when, when you price it up with all that information to hand, um, he has to has to continue to drift. He might not even start favourite. I don't think he'll start favourite either. I think he, he. I think this market has a lot of movement in it and a long way to go. What do you make of the Ballydoyle trio? Yeah, well, it's never the Ballydoyle horses are are always difficult to weigh up uh, in this race unless they've got outstanding claims. Um, you know, the really good ones are easy to easy to work out. The ones who've um, who've blotted the copybook, um, the obvious thing to do is say, well, you've you've run badly on your return. You haven't trained on. Battleground would be an obvious one in that regard. You finished 13th in the Guineas, beaten 19 and a half lengths, despite the fact that you were heavily backed. Um, that has to count against Battleground. He's um, I don't know what to make. Again, he's he's by a sire who's who's progeny tend to do best a at two. Uh, and be on on goodish ground as well. So um, there's a question about him on the uh, uh, in the conditions um, on the dam side of the pedigree. Of course, he should he should progress well at three, and he should stay further than uh, than this trip. You might you could put his run in the guineas down to the fact that he seemed to he didn't seem to like Newmarket at all. Um, that's a, he wasn't tried at Newmarket last year. No, um, and it didn't seem to be his track. But he's been a hell of a long way. Um, even even for that excuse, but Aidan's had horses who've run terribly in the Guineas before and then come out and won this. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, so I'd almost rather I'd almost rather they ran, you know, last or second last, and indeed it was the front two in the market. I think they were last and second last in the Guineas, um, 
I'd rather have that than finishing sixth or seventh. It's a lot harder to forgive a, a, um, a you know a middling run than it is to forgive a horrible run. I'm reminded of Power, who I think was second favourite behind in the US behind Camelot. Just the 37 lengths he was beaten, and Roderick O'Connor was something similar. Both came out and won this, and we should mention Master Craftsman as well, who was thrashed in the 2000 guineas and came out and won the Irish 2000 guineas. We've been down this road before. Aiden O'Brien horses bombing at Newmarket, turn up at the Curra, and they're completely transformed. Yeah, it, it does happen. I've seen that going back years, even with Vincent's horses. Um, you know, the, you, you can't... The, the Guineas is one of those races um, where if you've, if you've got a horse who might be capable of winning a Guineas, you've got to throw your hat in the ring and run them there in the first place, mm. um, as a rule. Uh, and sometimes they're not ready for it, physically, mentally, um, haven't quite come to themselves. But you're on them there, you know. Particularly if you're if you're um, if you're an outfit like Coolmore, um, you you kind of um, um, you're forced to do that. Um, and they could they could try to be entirely different horses. So yeah, I wouldn't. Um, there aren't too many results that would be an absolute uh, an absolute shock to me. And um, I think it's fair to say the quality of Irish Guineas winners. Can vary a lot more than than um, than the new market version. Hundred percent. Obviously, it's been some absolutely top notchers win this, but there've been some reasonably ordinary horses mm. who've won it um, as well. I mean, so, King, Kingman was a brilliant winner of a um, Churchill at the time was brilliant. Glen Eagles at the, the, the time was fantastic, but yeah, there's been some like Shishkin's only win last season. This race. Uh, no, I've told you Shishkin's won uh, won the Oracle. <laughs> Siskin, Siskin. Um, Remarkable. Really. Do you think that Ryan Moore is on the right horse in Wembley? Uh, no. Uh, he might be. He might be, and I'm not. Um, I'm not at all sure he is. Um, that tends to be. Uh, I, I would never, would never assume that Ryan is is on the right horse uh, when riding for Aiden ever. To be perfectly honest with you, uh, again he was um, he was very disappointing in the Guineas, um, and even more so given that he'd run well in the Dewhurst. Mm. Um, and uh, his his two year old form gives him every chance. He is you can look at his form and go, ah, he's got a win in heavy grounds. That's got to count for him against the others. But you know he won a Ross Common Maiden. Yeah. I think we can say that most of these would have won a Ross Common Maiden in heavy grounds. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't place too much um, faith in that. But yeah, I was running the Drewers gets him every chance here. That was just that was a very disappointing effort from him. Um first time up and and you know he's gotta he's gotta put it behind him. As we as we just said, it's more than possible it has happened in the past. Um he wasn't the best fancied of the O'Brien horses in the end, um on Guinea's Day. Um uh, maybe he just wasn't quite ready for the race, so he could he could very easily bounce back. Um, are, are we leading towards you thinking that Van Gogh is actually the Aidan O'Brien? Oh. again, he's got he's got proper heavy ground form. Mm, he's uh, won over a mile in Saint Louis. He won the Criterium International, mm. um, so he has a Group One race on heavy ground. Accounts for an awful lot more than a maiden race on heavy ground. Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't swear on pedigree that he that he'd want. Um, the ground that deep, but that's always interesting. Uh, um, I would have th- ideally he's going to want further, but the fact that the ground is is heavy 
um, will bring stamina into play, and that will suit Van Gogh, um, who who should who should run run well again. Yeah, he ran better than the two that we've mentioned in the Guineas and finishing eighth. But as I said, sometimes finishing eighth is um, uh, is worse than finishing nearly last. It's it's sometimes harder to forgive um, an ordinary run than it is a, a terrible run. Um, but yeah, he could he he has the look of one who's who's more more likely than not to bounce back. He's got um, he's got substance about him. I'd be very surprised if he turned you know if he doesn't train on yeah um, pretty well. Um, I thought very quick grind was against him at Newmarket, but that's that's the one thing I would say. Given given um, his uh, his record last season, all his best form was with with ease underfoot. So very quick grind. It's um, uh, well, comparatively quick grind. Good to firm at Newmarket would have been an issue for him in the Guineas. Um, uh, you know, you can probably say the same for Wembley uh, to a degree, um, but it's easier. Um, it's easier to to forgive him that, and of course, he ran better anyway. So, yeah, he makes he makes a little bit more appeal on paper. But you know, is he a horse you could you could buy it with with serious money? on the back of his uh, his reappearance run. It's like that comment I made already. We've been down this road before. We've, I've seen this story a million times. And the Brian Horses disappoint in the 2000 Guineas and they turn up at the Curra and they win. Yeah, but uh, then again, also we had the Brian Horses disappoint in the, in the 2000 Guineas and then can, you know keep disappointing afterwards. Air it's Force like, Blue! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, plenty of them. It's, you know, so there are, we know that they can bounce back, so we're, you're wary of, of writing them off. Mm. But at the same time, it's not a it's not a massive um, not a massive positive. Who are you with? Um, I'd, I'm inclined. As I said, we again we talked about this off air um, yesterday. I, I was inclined when we spoke about it just to um, to forgive uh, Poetic Flair. Is well, I say forgive. I, I, I don't think it was a bad run. I think it's you know it's a better run than most of these produced last time out. And yet he's on the drift. Horses are not horses. He beat out of sight. A new market and I shorter than him in the betting for this. Yeah. Um, even though he's come out and run better than they ran since, and yet his his uh, close up six in the in the um, the French Guineas is now the run that writes him off. Whereas horses who are finishing last and second last at Newmarket or whatever are are the same price as him, and that just doesn't make any sense. So he's not proven on anything softer than soft, but you know. Um, He's a Group Three winner on soft ground, um, on the back of um, of a disappointing run in the Dewhurst, um, and we you know we know that the excuses he had for the um, for the Dewhurst run was his first run since March, um, and that was it. It was a massive um, massive task. He ran perfectly respectably, uh, and I thought he relished the soft ground when winning the the Killerville and Six uh, next time out. He obviously handles softish ground, um, and I think. Um, his one, the one downside to him is that he's um, he's a little inclined to over race, but he still sees he still sees his races out. It's not like he races freely and then finishes a bit weakly because he's you know he's taken a bit out of himself. He just makes it hard for Kevin Manning to to put him in exactly the right place because he wants to uh, he wants to go on. I thought Kevin handled him really well at Newmarket, and I thought you know he just had to restrain him a little bit at uh, Longshore last time out. And, uh, the race didn't pan out the same way as, as the new market race did. Um, the, the, the track here will sit him better than Longshore. Um, I think he'll handle the ground. It's always a little bit of a guess. Um, but, you know, strictly speaking, he's got the best, he's got the best form in the race and he's almost been written off. I mean, the betting, 
this obviously this is a quick turnaround, but Jim Balch has done this before as well. And um, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be too inclined to um, to remortgage the house for this race given uh, given the conditions. Um, but I think Poetic Flair has has become value because of a perfectly respectable run in a classic last time out. Very difficult to disagree with your argument for Poetic Flair. Um, I am tempted by Van Gogh or Van Gogh, as I like to call him, just because I know he'll handle the ground and I expect a better performance. And the wording from Aidan O'Brien about how happy he was with him is um, is still in my mind uh, when oh, we did the. Still listening to Aidan, aren't you? Yeah. Still listening. Aiden. It's the old stable tour. Um, he's strutting around belly doyle with a smile on his face. Uh, I thought he was very disappointing in the 2000 guineas and drifted accordingly. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the market reacts on the day. I didn't expect Battleground to be so heavily supported. And um, especially with the, the negativity with how Aiden was, was talking about it. But we'll, we'll see. Um, Poetic Flair, very strong case made by Rory and a, a very strong case, I think, uh, can be put forward for Van Gogh and I can see why people are, are backing him in the, in the market. Um, there is your exacta. There is your exacta on the tote. And uh, if we get the one-two in the Irish 2000 Indies, Rory will virtually high-five and uh, be like, thank you very much. Um, you love talking about juvenile races, particularly at this time mm-hmm. of year. Uh, just briefly, I mean... Again, we're thinking this is probably going to be run on the Monday instead. Uh, there's a lot of uh, scat daddy bloodline horses in here. I'm referring to you, uh, Calamasso, uh, by Nona and Ever. And uh, the entertainer who I was very taken with the other day was by Caravaggio. Um, we've also got Donico O'Brien, uh, who has a horse by Territories in uh, Masetto. There's going to be a lot of non-runners from this race, I would think. Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell, to be honest, because you don't know with the juveniles whether they're going to handle the grind until you try them on it. Mm. Um, and I think um, a lot of them will um, will take their chance. Celtic Times will take his chance. Well, yes, it's not like um, it's not like uh, a gym to take him out, and obviously his, his three rounds have come in uh, on softish grind already. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, listen, it's a, it's a, it's a, not my idea of a race to punt in. No. Um, the Hill. Um, it's just, it's it's very difficult to work out how, how good a horse might be after one run. Um, the market is predicated by, by homework as much as anything, um, and um, yeah, it's um, uh, it's it's pretty much impossible for me to find an angle that that, that is worth. Um, with persevering with uh, at this stage. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was interesting to mention the race because to, yeah, yeah, to be fair, uh, Caravaggio uh, did mention, did, did take this race back in 2016 before going on to Royal Ascot's success. The aforementioned Power won this race back in 2011 and uh, Siskin won this in 2019. So it has yeah, gone to be, smart horses. So it's, 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 it's more a case of watch who wins it with a view to possibly the royal meeting, or if it's Jersey, um, um, actually not represented. So yeah, basically whoever wins this is going to be either snapped up or is going to be headed to the royal meeting. Uh, yes, yes, and we don't have we don't have those uh, royal Ascot entries um, as yet. Most of them have entries in the um, 
yeah, the railway stakes. Yeah. Um, which is out here. Um, uh, a guide to how well they're regarded. But the fact is, you know, most, as I said, most of them would be um, would be entered up on us. It doesn't doesn't necessarily help you to um, uh, to pick them apart at all. No. Um, so just a case of I, watch it. Watch it. Are you are you gonna are you gonna put one up? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put anything. I was a bet. The one I'd be interested to see is Masetto, who mm. I thought did well to win after a slow start at um, at Navan, um, first time out, and did that in um, in good style, beating beating Celtic times. So he looks um he looks the type to improve, and uh, territories handled um, handled uh, soccer and well, and his offspring thus far seem to have a, a, a good record on that. On ground with plenty of ease, but yeah, he'd be the one I'd be I'd be keeping an eye out for. But um, it's a race to learn from more than anything else. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, what could be a betting race though is the Weatherby's Ireland Greenland Stakes, the Group Two. Holly Doyle comes over with Archie Watson um, for Glenn Shield, who is a general seven to four shot for this race. Uh, is shorter. Um, you can get nine to four with one firm, but only one as we record. Um, and speaking colors took this race last year and is as big as uh, thirteen to two. Um, we already know what a huge fan of Glen Shield you are. Uh, is he the kind of horse now that is reliable enough to back uh, at a short enough price on the big day, or are you looking elsewhere? Uh, I could, I could let him go with them. You know, I could, I can watch him win at the prices. Um, you know, when I was, when we were talking about him this time last season, um, you know, he was, he was going off good prices for handicaps. Mm. Um, I was convinced that the key to him would be, would be, you know, strongly run six furlongs. Um, this would be softer than the ground. So he obviously he, he, um, he ended the season winning the, um, uh, winning the. Um, uh, the British champion sprint at Ascot on soft ground, but the ground here will be softer than it was at Ascot. Um, maybe the softest ground he raced on was, was at Haydock last year when he was when he was um, second in the uh, in the sprint cup. Um, and you got people who say, "Oh, he's by pivotal in handle the ground," um, which is you know uh, a lot of a lot of nonsense. Really, we know he handles soft ground, um, but you know when the ground gets really testing. Is really heavy. Then handling the ground isn't isn't the only thing that matters. You know, um, track position, um, draw come into it as well. You know, if, if if the track isn't even across, and obviously the, you know, you tend to get um, pace and draw biases more when there's been a lot of rain because it tends to affect parts of the course more than others. Uh, so you can simply be drawn on the wrong part of the track. He's he's kind of in the middle there and stole it. Um, and he will be um, he'll be fairly prominent as well. So he sh- uh, that shouldn't um, shouldn't be disastrous to his chances. But he's short enough now in a in a very competitive race, and um, I'd be I'd be a little wary of um, of backing him with those odds. Um, for all he's he, he's become a real favourite. Is there an alternative for you, or do you just want to keep well, an it eye on that? It might come down to price then. Um, to be honest. Uh, I was, I, I was leaning a little bit towards um, Sonela um, for for Paddy Toomey, but um, she's now short enough. I thought she'd be a bigger price than she is. Um, she's uh, fifteen to four. Fifteen to four. What a price! Uh, not quite four to one um, with um, with Paddy Parr. Um, she goes well fresh. 
Um, she, you know, she was well behind Glenn Shiel at Alaska, and I thought as a result you might get a big price to buy her here. But um, uh, no, she she handles heavy, and we know that as well. So I thought she I thought she was interesting, but again, I'm not going to be falling over myself to to take short of four to one um, about her. Speaking colours. Um, uh, was better than the result last time over seven furlongs. Held up to um, um, to get the trip there, but got too far behind. Did a good good late work. Uh, you can see his chance there. Um, but is there is there value in him? I'm not sure there is. It's you know it's 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 not a it's not a race that I'm absolutely you know, busting for a bet in, yeah. um, you know, Glenn Shields, my, my, my pick in the race at the, again, we're going to get, we're going to get more attractive odds on this close to race time. Yeah. Looking at the overrides here, the right horses are at the head of the market. Nothing's, I don't think anything's been put in massively too big. I couldn't really fancy, um, uh, any of the outsiders in the race, you know, from smash Williams down. Um, and it's just the, the the problem with the race above that is is the um, um, the overrides make it difficult to um, to find a bet. But um, yes, yeah, so, so Naila would be the closest I would get at the moment. But I want I want five to one and bigger to um, to back her. And don't forget that if you decide to back with the tote on race day, you will be uh, guaranteed to match the SP. Um, you're probably going to beat the SP. Uh, particularly if you're backing an outsider um, or a second favourite, but uh, even if you don't, they will match the SP and give you a 10% bump with Tote Plus, but only if you bet with tote.co.uk, tote.e, or the official Tote app. The 355 is the Group 2 for Phillies and Mares. Um, no surprises for guessing that uh, Champers Elise heads the betting here for Johnny Murta um, is sort of hovering around the even money, 11 to 10. Um, I'm kind of interested in Rock Aroma. There's a part of me that retains the faith in her a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm still very intrigued by the fact that Ger Lyons was prepared to run her in the 1,000 guineas on, in the Curra Irish 1,000 guineas on only her second start. Um, but withdrew her on the day due to unsuitable ground. Um, that would have been good to firm. So this ground should be upper street. Uh, she's won on heavy. Um, so at a double figure price, I'd, I'd probably roll in with her, but much more interested to hear what you're uh, prepared to go on. Place a bet on my man. Uh, I find it very hard to be against Chompers Elise here. Um, she has been... Um really progressive over the last year or so and um, uh, her form stands pretty close scrutiny uh, even that um, uh, that unplaced effort in the Sun Chariot Stakes last year that, that's good enough to win this race um, she was uh, fourth that day but only beaten a couple of lengths uh, when favourite um, and she made a perfectly good comeback and uh, in the Athasi Stakes uh, last time out you know looking like the run would bring her on the seven furlongs probably uh, on the short side for her um, these days uh, so back up to a mile on, on more testing ground uh, I think she becomes uh, uh, pretty hard to beat um, and obviously you know her her win in the matron stakes last year was um, uh, was her best effort that that came on quicker ground but I thought she I thought she pretty much backed that up in Newmarket 
Um, so the grind, the grind's not an issue for her. The trip is ideal, um, and given how she how she progressed last year, I think she'll, um, I think she'll take a a lot of beating here. I don't think it's a, an especially strong race. Uh, behind her, really, I take your point about um, um, about uh, Rock Rock mm. Yeah, um, she's a she's a heavy ground winner, obviously, and that was off a, off a mark of ninety and a handicap. Um, but she's um, uh, she's she's put together um, you know our two best efforts in her last couple of starts, and she's probably still improving. Um, so you know she's she's a fair price. She's twelve to one. And I would I I like her a fair bit more than than one or two of these who are shorter than her in the betting. Um, I'm not I wouldn't um, I wouldn't be keen on Valeria Messalina at the prices. That seems very short. Um, I don't think she'll um, you know she's she's got uh, arguably her very best form and good to firm ground. Um, she does handle it slightly softer than that. I don't think she wants it top deep. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'd certainly be happier back in Rockaroma each way at 12 to 1 than I would be back in um, Valeria Messalina okay. at a, a fraction of that price. Could be a um, decent exacto if you went for the straight exacto on Champers Elise and Rockaroma or Rockaroma to beat Champers Elise. Uh, either way, on Johnny Mart. Uh, be great to see him win. We've got Group 1 action to come twice over, but first of all, Toe Plus provides the biggest and best betting payouts available to racing fans as Toto on a mission to provide betters and especially you final furlong podcast army with extra gravy by giving the best value possible and on a weekend like this where you've got the Irish 2000 guineas possibly on a Sunday and a Monday Irish 1000 guineas Tadisols Gold Cup a good meeting at Haydock as well you want to be taking advantage of these offers because not only will Tote match the SP so if for some reason Tote don't pay bigger than the SP, if they pay below that, don't worry. They will match the SP. And on top of that, give you a 10% boost on top of your winnings with Tote Plus. This applies to exactas, trifectas, quad pots, place pots, scoop six. Say Rory wins a million in the scoop six. You better not leave the show, Rory. Uh, say he wins a million in the scoop six, doesn't win a million. He wins 1,100,000 because of that tote plus 10% bump. But it's only available not by betting with the tote on an affiliate site or on a partner site, only available through tote.co.uk or tote.e or the official tote app. Tote plus is only available direct from Tote themselves. So make sure you've got your Tote account. You'll even get a free bet on any of their pools. But Tote Plus for racing on the big days, particularly when the World Pool is back for Royal Ascot, that's where you want to be. If you haven't haven't had your bet yet, if you're a race day better, Tote is the place that offers you the best value possible, particularly when they're matching the SP, and particularly when they're giving you a 10% boost to your winnings on all of the racing bets. Tote.co.uk, tote.e, or download the official Tote app. The Tadasols Gold Cup, no love. Love was going to run here, but um, Aidan O'Brien has obviously looked at the ground and gone, nope. Uh, love doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> 
I asked you that the other day. She's been penciled in for about 34 races. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see if she'd got an entry in the Eurovision Song Contest. <laughs> and representing Ballydoyle. for the weekend. She might win it. Who knows? Um, Broom runs instead and Ryan Moore is on board and why wouldn't he be? Uh, Broom is enjoying a fantastic season and is your 11-8 favourite. Tiger Moth returns. Uh, Aidan O'Brien did say to us on the final Fortland podcast, so there was I've read pieces from people putting him up for the Gold Cup. Aidan O'Brien said, we're never going two miles again with him and the plan is 10 furlongs this season. And I think he said that the Telesol's Gold Cup will be a race they'd be looking at. So Tiger Moth turns up here, and the best price that you can currently get is 11 to 2. And then Cayenne Pepper, who was a very smart filly for uh, Jess Carrington last season, 15 to 2. And the Derby winner, Serpentine, is back. Uh, 8 to 1, uh, 9 to 1 with one firm. Tricky Telesol's Gold Cup, Roy Delargy, solve the puzzle for us. You're pretty sure this is going to be run at a, at a good pace for Sunshard. Um, in the contest, I think he'll want to go on. Serpentine's best run last season came when forcing the pace. I think they'll want to. Uh, they don't want to be holding him up. I don't think that it. it um, well, they didn't want to hold him up um, at Ascot, but he rather missed the kick. Um, he wants to be handy as well. So it's going to be it's going to be a, a really solid pace. And I think you know the down the bottom line with that is is really going to suit Broom. Yeah, who's you know proven proven in the grind has really got his mojo back this season. Um, uh, was impressive um, in um, uh, winning the Moors Bridge last time out. So he, he's taken a, a you know a small step forward with each run this season. He's not always the prettiest horse to watch. He's a, he's a bit of a grinder, um, but he's fine tons for pressure um, in his starts this season. Um, and again, they tried him at two miles last year in the in the long distance cup. Uh, it's it's amazing how many of these horses for for a, you know a mile and a quarter race have been tried at two miles um, here. But yeah, Broom, Broom should take the beating. I'm not. I mean, Tiger Moss will handle the grind. Um, his his form, um, his best form has all come on, on good or quicker. Um, but he ran very well um, in a heavy ground maiden here um, as a juvenile. You know, you can look at that and say that was you know that's his worst effort on paper, but. Uh, that wasn't um, that wasn't a bad race at all. That was his his, his race course debut. He wasn't wound up for it. Um, he he was beaten three quarters of a length in the end by by a ten year ticket, um, with um, with one or two half decent sorts behind him. I think that proves that, that the grind is no issue for him. Um, I would have tended to be against him on the basis of of you know uh, the drop back and trip given given that he was a. Um, a proper stare at a mile and a half um, here last year and then went and, and finished second in the Melbourne Cup. Um, I don't think finishing second in the Melbourne Cup necessarily marks you down as a, as a stare, um, given the way races are run in Australia anyway. Agreed. Um, but um, but I'd have had him down as, as more of a mile and a half horse. But, you know, uh, if Aiden's convinced he's going to run him at a mile and a quarter this season, then, you know, he's a winner at the trip. Um He's uh, he's run well at the track before. I think he'll be. I think the grind will probably help him actually, uh, in that he's got stamina for a little bit further. But we know he handles the heavy ground. Uh, what price is he compared to uh, Broom? He is around about eleven to two. Yeah. 
Um, you can get. Oh God, he's closing. Yeah, the top price you can get is eleven to two. Yeah. Broom is eleven to eight, five to four. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I'm not mad to be back in Broom. At, at, he's the likeliest winner. He is in good form. He will handle the grounds. But he's not. You'd give yourself a heart attack back in Broom at, at, at a very short price, wouldn't you? Oh God. Uh, he's not. He, he doesn't always make it look terribly pretty, but um. Uh, I think at those prices, I'd, I'd rather back um, Tiger Moth. You know, if I didn't know the odds, um, I'd... Um, but there's a fair difference between them. I don't, I don't think there's much between them in terms of the form that they've shown. You know, take, take the Melbourne Cup out of the equation. Yes, Mel, the Melbourne Cup run um, from Tiger Moth is, is, you know, as good as what Broom has, has achieved. But it's always difficult to know how that um, translates. And you wouldn't back Twilight Payment here, would you? No. Um... So you're you're backing him on the basis of um, uh, his. Oh I'm backing him on the basis of his. The, his is it 2021 yet, Steve? <laughs> That's just appalling that you can give those stupid names to group races. Um, it was it was one of the best named races of last year, but you are indeed correct, sir. By all means, if you want to call a handicap, is it 2021 yet? In 2020, that's fine. But a group three? Really? You can do that? Yeah. Okay. I guess money talks. Um, but yeah, his, you know, that, that's, that, that was a, that's a solid run, as obviously is his, uh, his very good second in the, um, in the Irish Derby, where he wasn't at all flattered. Oh, he should have won. Peas and carrots everywhere. Well, yeah, he should have won, and so should the third. Yeah, you were on Dawn Patrol, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was on Patrol at a big price. Um... Yeah, it was a funny, funny little contest. Yeah, Tiger Moth, um, yeah, finished really strongly uh, to be second. The Irish Derby wasn't a good race last year. No, it wasn't. But Aidan O'Brien um, did make a good he point. He deserves a lot of credit for, for the way he ran it and the, the way that he backed it up on his next start as well. So at 11-2, to two, I would probably side with him. Yeah, I mean, it's worth pointing out that the fourth home that day was Order of Australia, who ends up winning the Breeders' Cup mile. One of the points that Aidan was making on the show was... I think the first time we had him on was every three-year-old that we have is going to come back and training next year. Yes. Because we're not going to learn enough about them this year. We're just simply not going to. We don't have enough time. Um, We're not going to know enough about them. And, you know, that bizarre scenario of having an Irish derby before the derby, like, that doesn't happen. Um so I, I thought he ran a massive race. And, and again, uh, a conversation that Andrew Blair White and I were having, I recommend that you listen to the um, Derby, Oaks and Coronation Cup anti-post special, which is available now on all podcast apps. Um, three big selections from the two of us for all three races. Um, but we're both obsessed with Tiger Moth and it comes back to that day at uh, Leverstown and Irish Champions Weekend. He just... He crushed that day. I mean, that, that was a, a, a domineering performance. So maybe Broom is, is um, further along. It's interesting that he's higher rated as well. He's rated 116. Broom is rated 114. Maybe Broom is further along, race fitter, and uh, more ready for this. But I wouldn't be at all surprised if Tiger Moth put up a, a big performance, and I'd prefer to take the 11-2 to about him, thank you very much, than 5-4 to four about about Broom for all that he keeps on winning. Uh, but like you said, Rory, he just puts your 
a heart in your mouth and you go, oh God. Um, right, Irish 1,000 guineas. Now, oh, this is going to be a puzzle. Um, Shale is gone. Shale is out of the race, which I think is a real disappointment, but probably an example of the ground. Um, Donica had been talking her up during the week and um, I think she'd been a market mover as well, hadn't she? But uh, Coolmore probably have the winner of this. Coolmore probably have the winner of this. I'm a big fan of Joan of Arc and she's impeccably bred. Uh, by Galileo, out of your so thrilling, which makes her a full sister to the following. Coolmore, Vatican City, Taj Mahal, happily, but crucially, Marvelous and Glen Eagles. And to be fair to Happily, Happily won 639,000 in prize money. Taj Mahal, 676,000, I think, after transferring to Australia. Uh, so, uh, good old Taj Mahal. Yeah, good old Taj Mahal. We had, we had such high hopes. We had such high hopes. Uh, yes, he is indeed uh, continuing his... Um, he's now a stallion. He said he's, uh, he's about as fast as the building he's named after. <laughs> Who said that? Tony Keenan, I think. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Keenan. Hope you're well, my friend. Hope you're well. I may be misquoting slightly there. Ah, that sounds... He looked a bit of a boat, didn't he? That sounds vintage Keenan. That sounds vintage Keenan. God. Uh, Anyway, um, he's not exactly... He didn't exactly light it up, by the way, down in Australia. Uh, He did take a, a couple of races. And you can breed to him for 3,000 euro. Good luck with that. Uh, but anyway, Mar- well, got, you know, let's face it, there'll be some very good, very good um, sires who've, who've been on raceful brothers of, um, of oh, yeah, um, true enough. Yeah, yeah. Sires, so. Anyway, anyway, so Joan of Arc heads the betting. Uh, oh, let's see him jeans. We, <laughs> we only saw her once last year when she was beaten a nose by Hazel. Um, I really liked her performance on debut. Crucially, that was on soft, heavy ground. Uh, she was then very disappointing uh, on her next start. That was in the Irish 1000 Guineas trial. Um, but she's then come out and won again um, in the... Uh, sorry, it was the uh, Bally Lynch 1000... Bally Lynch stud. I should be giving my neighbours proper mention. The Bally Lynch stud... Yeah, she ran on the 1000 Guineas trial and then she ran on the 1000 Guineas trial. Yes. Uh, yes. So she ran in the in the 1000 Guineas those, trial, and then she ran in the... confused with each other. One of them's at Leopardstown, and the other one's at Leopardstown. <laughs> she, but to be fair, though, Rory, one of them is the Bally Lynch 1000 Guineas trial. The other is the Irish 1000 Guineas trial. That's the difference, you see, my friend. That's the difference. Uh, should she be as short as two to one, or uh, is, no, the, should not, is the juvenile form of the likes of Fevrover and Pretty Gorgeous... Uh, worth far more. She could uh, listen. She could improve a, a chunk, Joan of Arc, and I mean, plenty of plenty of uh, of fillies through in Brian's um, hands who've done that. I thought she was workmanlike last time out. I thought she got a very good ride from from Ryan Moore. Um, given that um, he got the fractions spot on that day, it was rather disappointing um, that she was only a length and three quarters ahead at the line uh, of a fifty to one poke. Um, and I think heading back to that race, we discussed it in the in the review. I think the first four were in those positions throughout the race in that in that contest. Um, thinking of you was was um, was third, and more beautiful was was fourth. And 
nothing really made a lot of ground from from off the pace. In fact, well, nothing made ground from off the pace. Period. Um, they closed up a little bit around the turn. Um, Ryan kept a little bit in reserve, but you know, it's, it's not like if she cleared away after that and won by three or four lengths, um, I'd have been impressed. But you know, she was always about a length, a length and a half clear of Flirting Bridge throughout the race. Maybe Flirting Bridge is underrated. It's possible. Um, people still look at Henry de Bromhead's name on a, on a flat card and and uh, uh, and overlook it, despite the fact that he's demonstrably the finest trainer to have ever lived. <laughs> well, he is the only trainer to win the Champion Hurdle, Gold Cup, and the Grand National in the same season. Never mind the Champion Chase as well. Yeah. So, yeah, take that, everybody else. Three of those four, basically. Mm. Or any three of those four, no one's done it before. Yeah. Phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Right, hold on a second. Hold on just a, just a darn shit a second. Uh-oh. The computer's about to turn itself off. Oh, come on, computer. Come on, DeLarghi's computer. Because there have been no technical issues on my end whatsoever. No, of course not. <laughs> There's been none. Uh, yes. So, she, listen, she could take a big step forward, but there are lots of there are lots of reasons to be slightly wary of that, um, uh, that Thousand Guineas trial form, and she does not um, deserve on form to be that short. Um, she's, she's that short on, on pedigree and um, her trainer's reputation rather than rather than the bare form. What price is Fever over? Fever over is generally nine to two. However, my friend, if I shop around for you, I can get fives. I think fives is very fair about, about her. I thought she ran a, she ran a, a smashing race in the guineas. Um, and interestingly, you know, I read one or two... Um, judges after that saying that's as good as she is um she was just she was very well forward she won't progress from that i thought i thought she um she had progressed well physically from two to three i thought she looked terrific at newmarket yes she was fit um but it's not a crime to have your horses fit for the for the thousand guineas for crying out loud is it how dare you um, and I don't think I don't think um, to the gallows with Fahi to the gallows he had her fit her um, her two year old form reads tremendously well yeah you know she, she did nothing but improve she, she's from a slightly unlikely source she's owned by a syndicate um, Hugh Taylor named her yeah, is, I was going to say isn't Hugh Taylor yeah. part of the syndicate he is part of he, 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 I imagine he's quite a big part of that syndicate uh, for the fact that he's you know Fev Rover as in um, Featherstone Rover as in Featherstone Rovers, the uh, uh, the rugby yeah, league you're, team. You're, you're saying this like I have any clue what you're talking about. Featherstone is is quite a. Um, it wouldn't be the most salubrious town in Yorkshire. Okay. Uh, I did once end up in in, uh, in that neck of the woods by getting off a train at the wrong stop on the way to Wakefield, which itself it is not the most salubrious <laughs> part of uh, uh, of. Uh, of West Yorkshire, but um, and we won't have a bad word said about Yorkshire. But a big they, fan. So I, ended up, I ended up. Uh, I ended up in uh, in uh, Hugh Taylor's old uh, um, his old, old stomping grounds. Um, but yeah, so obviously Hugh Hugh has been given the honour of naming um, her. Um, what an honour, by the way. But yeah, absolutely. It's because uh, I, I remember now he was he was buzzing on Twitter the day she finished second to Dandela, and I think at the time they thought if she never does anything else, that'll be enough. But she's beaten Dubai Fountain. She's gone to to yeah, France yeah, she, and she, won she, she, under she, Christophe Sumion. 
she won her next next two, and she ran a, she ran a, a, a fine race in the um, in the Marcel Boussac, despite the fact she wasn't she wasn't quite at her best that day. Yeah, and, and Mother content. Earth, to be fair, like if you want to, and I, I guess you can make this argument for Santa Barbara as well. If you're clinging on to a Santa Barbara docket for the one thousand guineas, uh, for the Oaks, I should say. Sorry, if you're clinging on to a Santa Barbara docket for the one thousand guineas, that's just sad. Uh, if you're clinging on to a Santa Barbara docket for the Oaks you might very well be taking a glimmer of hope from the fact that Mother Earth won. Spoiler alert for the Andrew Blair White and uh, me preview of Epsom. We don't fancy Santa Barbara at all and uh, are very much taking her on. But uh, you could look at Mother Earth's run in the French 1000 guineas and go, oh, boosts the form. But therefore, it does the exact same for Fever Over. Yeah. Yeah, listen, if... Um Fever over, uh, as I said, her form reads really well. Um, it reads it reads well in retrospect as well. Often horses who do really well at two, you look back at the form and go, yeah, maybe those races weren't as good as we thought they were at the time. And and you know, a couple of them haven't trained on these highly rated horses turned out to be fairly ordinary. But that's not the case. Um, you know, her arguably her um, um, her her best effort on paper, I suppose, which she won the uh, Prix de Calvados um, at Deauville. Um, I think she ran at least as well a couple of times um, as well as that. But that one worked out really well. Um, she, the next two um, won next time. I played Chanji was second, won, won um, uh, the uh, one another uh, grade two, um, uh, the pre-eclipse on her next start, or rather uh, group three rather that was. But she won that in really good style. She won by, she won by five lengths. She went on to, uh, uh, to, to win again in the Criterium de Maison Lafitte after that um, and um, she clearly wasn't a match for Fever over on the day as I said she was a tad disappointing win favourite for the Marcel Boussac but the fact that she was favourite for the Mar- Marcel Boussac at the end of the season tells you plenty and um, uh, and she fought back to grab third on the line in the uh, in the Thousand Guineas despite despite racing too freely in front you know she, she expended a lot of energy um, she was up, she was full of herself the fact that she was well forward meant that she was also quite buzzed up as well um, and if she'd managed to um, just reserve a little bit of that energy, she might have gone very close to winning. She's only been a length and a bit in the end. That, that's clearly the best form in the race. And she should, she really ought to be favourite for this. I'm, As I said, she, she still has that rather um, uh, Cinderella profile. Yeah. And horses like her don't go off favourites for, for classics. Uh, but Richard Fahey is no stranger to success at the Curra. By the way, great that he's coming over and uh, fantastic that you have a filly who's owned by a syndicate doing so well. Surely a horse who should be a shorter price than Joan of Arc at least is pretty gorgeous. Uh, oh, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. On on, um, uh, on the form that she showed last season, yes, of course. What, what price is pretty gorgeous? Pretty gorgeous there? is nine to four. Yeah, uh, Joan right. of Arc is twos. Yeah, well, they should be the other way around. Um, I mean, I, I guess the, um, your worry was pretty gorgeous. It's whether she's absolutely ready for this because, um, you know, the, you, as you said, connections would be kicking themselves that she didn't get a chance at Newmarket because um, the you know, the Phillies Mile form worked out really well. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the Phillies Mile was on soft ground. Um, that was a, a career best uh, for her. Her other really big effort last year came on soft ground in the debutantes. Um, so conditions are absolutely ideal for Pretty Gorgeous. She do, she certainly deserves to be a shorter price um, than the uh, than the current favourite. I'm I'm surprised, very surprised with that way around. I don't think it's going to finish like that. And uh, yeah, Pretty Gorgeous is she's the one to beat on paper. 
And final question for you then, my friend. What about yeah. Miss Amulet? Because in, in the back of my head, I see Miss Amulet as the Commonwealth Cup winner. Uh, yeah, I mean, the argument is that she, she proved that she stayed a mile um, in the British Cup Juvenile. Uh, but of course, it's a different kind of mile. You know, it's a two-turn mile in the States on, on quickish grounds. Um, she kept um, she kept going, though. You know, it wasn't like she was flattening out at the end of that race. She mm-hmm. was... Um, uh, she was ridden to get the trip. She got it well. You could argue that she probably she might have finished second if she was if she was ridden slightly more aggressively behind Aunt Pearl that day. Um, and the and connections are therefore entitled to to um, uh, to go down the classic route with her rather than dropping her back to sprinting. Um, she has got um, five entries, um, including this race, which obviously which do include the um, the Commonwealth Cup and also includes the July Cup. Um, so Ken Condon is keeping his uh, his options open, or or uh, Mr. Tabor is keeping his options open. Yeah, it's very much a cool more cool more play here. She's, she's in the pretty poly as well over ten furlongs. Uh, she's not in the pretty poly now. Who are you using? Time form. Okay, well, we'll, ch- we'll challenge time form on that one. I'm going to say that she that she does still have an entry for it. Is it the Racing uh, yeah, Post? She- is it time form? Go to war, the two of you now. Two companies enter, one company leaves. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think she'll have any trouble um, dropping back in trip um, if needs be. But yeah, they're, listen, they're more than they're more than entitled to run here. Whether she wants the combination of a mile and very testing ground, yeah, would be the big question, right? Especially on a reappearance, um, that might just find her out. Um, so yeah, I, I I think in the pretty gorgeous should be favourite. Um. I'd happily have her in a match over Joan of Arc, but I think I'd probably end up back in favour over each way here um, because I'm, I'm pretty sure she will give her running again. And I think whatever prices, however the prices sort themselves out, she'll end up being a little bit overpriced. I'm with you. I'm with you. I am backing the British Raider to win. Uh, I think Fever over is too big a price. And um, and therefore should be backed. Uh, let's touch on some racing that we know is going to happen. So we'll we'll run through the ITV races at uh, Haydock. So this is uh, Saturday. The first race we'll talk about is the 155 at Haydock. Um, it is the Kasumu Horse and Racing Sports Betting Handicap. I have no idea who they are. Uh, it's over seven furlongs. Uh, the favorite is Fifion. Uh, fives uh, along with Moll's Memory uh, and Lincoln Park oh damn what a band what a tragedy that was talk to me my friend who are we back in here uh, well uh, in terms of your pronunciation a Fion is the uh, uh, that makes more sense the Welsh, the Welsh version of Fiona or the, Fiona, the English version of, uh, of, of Fion uh, and she's got a big chance um, on paper she doesn't have an awful lot of experience Fion um, but uh, she was second here on her only turf start last time out. There's a fortnight ago on heavy ground as well. The ground will be heavy at Haydock. No doubt about that. Um, There's a shocker. Loach has beaten four and three-quarter lengths. The winner, um, very well handicapped, went on to win um, easily under a five-pound penalty next time out. Fionn herself came three and a half lengths clear of the third. Um, it was a solid-looking race that day. She was also drawn wide. And of the three who were drawn wide in that uh, that uh, field of it, she she did much the best. She also matched strides with a favourite in the early stages, 
and kept on better than that one for a clear second. I think she's the obvious one to say from the race. Runs with the same mark. Um, and you'd have thought after one turf run, um, she's open to improvement. So I think she's the one to beat um, in that contest. There are, there are other, I mean, Lincoln Park should run, should run a usual solid race. He's got plenty of form around course and distance. Uh, the question, if for those who are back in Lincoln, is whether you would view Jane Elliott taking over from Richard Kingscott as a positive. Um, given that Richard Kingscott rides Haydock so well, I, I think that'd be a question um, for plenty. And Lincoln Park, um, although he's a course and distance winner, he's probably a, a, a tad high on the weights on turf, but he'll he'll um, likely dispute the running. Uh, should give us running again. Moore's memory's got uh, good winning form and heavy ground um, uh, off this mark, and she'll be popular on that basis. But she's drawn very wide, and I don't think it's, I don't think that's easy over this course and distance, um, particularly. Um, others are worth looking at, and that Tom Collins will be popular as a horse I liked a lot last season. I don't think he wants heavy grounds, even though he won on a Pontefract last season. Uh, it depends. There's heavy ground. There's heavy ground. He absolutely hated heavy ground at Newmarket as a two-year-old, and they and they give that as an excuse for his poor run. And then he's actually found his got his win last season at Pontefract. Um, he's he's either going to love or hate um, the ground here at um, at Haydock. But um, his his next best performance last season was actually on quick on a quick surface. So he's he's hard one to nail down in terms of the of the ground, and he was disappointing on his reappearance when I, I fancied him in the um, in the Thirst Hunt Cup so he may well improve for that cheek pieces go I just think they haven't quite they haven't found the key to him yet um, at his, his new yard and he's drawn a sole 13 which I think is a bit of a negative uh, for him as well uh, Cole Stair uh, could run well at a price um, his best recent form um, has come on this sort of ground but he ran at Goodwood today so whether they turn him out quickly I don't know he has turned out quickly in the past Cole Stair um, but he was only fifth on, on soft ground at uh, Goodwood today. Um, so I'm not sure what, what uh, happens with him. Uh, Radarna could, could run reasonably well at a big price. He's drawn a stall one. Pomo Renan, uh, um, a positive jockey booking for him. Um, and he's dropped to a mark he can win off. But um, I think a minor place is probably the best he can, uh, he can hope for there. What's your favourite Linkin Park song? I don't have any favourite Linkin Park songs. For goodness sakes, man. Bloody anthem. Bloody anthem. Chester used to spend a lot of time in Cork, actually, when I worked there. Just seemed to be a nice guy. Terrible, terrible loss. Vion is uh, essentially the horse that we're going to be with. Uh, I should know that because I've started watching Casualty. And um, one of the characters is called Fion, so apologies. Uh, Postiello is my selection for the 225. What about you, my man? Yeah, well, that's the one, pretty much the one horse you'd be worried about on the ground, Postiello. He did run well to be second. Uh, to Green Book and um, their first and second favourites in here. I was in the Chester Vase, uh, the the Chester Cup Constellation, um, rather at, um, at Chester last time. I agree, Green Book won easily, um, but it's going to have ten pounds in the weights. Um, Postilio might turn the tables, but he's um, he needs to prove that he can handle um, heavy ground. Um, so that would be a little bit of a concern for me. Um, both of them obviously um, are, are interesting enough here. But I'd want to be taking on something at a, at a price. Uh, I thought the market had this wrong be, between a couple of them. Future investment is five to one and eleven to two. Vindolanda eleven to one. Um, they were first and second at Chester, 
over two miles last August. Um, length and a half between them. Vindeland is staying on well late. She has since won on heavy ground at Nottingham. Is um, is just one point higher than that. She still beats Future Investments. Been on place three times since, including in the um, Chester Cup last time. Um, so he's he's been on place three times. He's still worse off at the weights with her, despite the fact that she's won since in a handicap. Um, and she's only had the one run at two miles. I think she's unexposed to the trip. She stayed up perfectly well that day. And I thought, um, whatever price future investment is, Vindolanda should be slightly shorter, but she's twice the price. Uh, my old friend, Just Schubert, is in there, but he, he again, um, he handles uh, some cut in the ground, but he's not, he's not, not exactly a heavy ground specialist. That's his first run of the season. Um, so I'm... I'm a little bit um, wary of backing him. I want to back Just Hubert when he when he steps up beyond two miles again. I, I'd happily back him back at Goodwood. Uh, what he won last year at a good price for us. Yes, he did. He landed a nice touch. Wasn't he 25s? He was, yeah. I, rem- yeah, I, rem- I, rem- I remember that beautifully. Uh, nice touch for the Final Forum podcast team. Uh, right, so Vindelova is the uh, the horse of the day uh, Charles Hills uh, Charlie Hills Charles Hills Charles Hills and Paul Hannigan yeah but it does say it does say Charles Hills it does to be fair it does the 3 o'clock is a, a mile handicap the silver ball mile handicap um, again Rory let's get your uh, your pick here again live on ITV I think yeah this, not, this is a tough race because um, most of these have got form on softish ground and most of them are unexposed most of them are progressive three year old handicappers um, you expect something to, to win this and go on to make make the mark in um, in pattern company later on. Um, not not my ideal race from a punting point of view because I'd like to see exposed form. I'd like to see Radebarg run well. He's he's favourite for this, which makes him marginally less um, uh, less appealing than he might be. But he won a race at Leicester that I that I'm quite keen on. The fourth, he was well beaten that day. I went and won a handicap at uh, Brighton on Tuesday. Um, by three and a half lengths and he then defied a penalty without being fully extended at thirst and soft ground last time so he's proven on soft um, he is uh, going the right way I think 88 is a fair mark for him but um, it wouldn't be um, it wouldn't be a race out approach with, with a huge amount of um, of confidence well, well, well of course was a, was a very game winner last time out in soft ground and he'll be popular enough again Um but yeah, I, I, I'd go with Radebarn, but it wouldn't be a massively confident call. I thought that the six-pound rise for Masters Alphany for that impressive victory at Chester was lenient. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, he can go in again and at a double-figure price at 10s and better in places. Uh, I'll, I'll go with Masters Alphany. Um, right, second last race, 335. Haydock. Uh, we have the unbeaten dragon symbol who heads the betting and uh, our old friend Isabella Giles. Yeah, I, d- I don't think Isabella Giles had any excuse last time at, um, at Linkfield. She pretty much had the run of the race there. She's run two solid um, uh, enough races um, this term, but um, she doesn't seem to have progressed uh, from two to three. Grind will be no problem from her, for her, obviously, as she's thrown before, but um, Actually, Dragon Silver's quite a good price. I was going to say, but yeah, he's going to be very short and I'll be against him at the prices, but he's 130 in the place. Yeah. Um, he's unproven on the ground. He was very, very impressive at Hamilton last time. And he looks like he might be, he's a group one horse. Um, so I'm slightly surprised that he's as big as he is. Um, I'd, um, I'd pretty much nail my colours to the mast 
um, betting each way against him, so that if he you know he bolts up, he's still got a chance of getting a return. I thought the Learjet would run well. He was third in the Greenham on his reappearance. Um, he handled uh, good to soft ground pretty well last year. Um, held his form well as a two-year-old. Um, showed he trained on with that that good third in the in the Greenham, despite the fact that he pulled pretty hard. Um, that was up to seven furlongs for the first time. Draws back to six. I think he'd be better suited by. It. He showed that he stayed last time out, but his style of running means he's going to be better suited by a strongly run race at around this trip. Um, and I thought he'd run. Um, I thought he'd run well with Osher Murphy on board. His he's by a sire who gets more than his share of of winners on um, on soft ground. Um, and I thought that might you know given that he, he's not proven anything really deep, I think he'd actually potentially improve for it. Okay, uh, that is the Learjet, but Dragon Symbol we both think is a bigger price than he should be. And uh, finally, Lady in France has come in for a lot of support, and I know she disappointed last week, but I think probably needed the run uh, for Carl Burke and uh, Daniel Tudup. And I will happily side with her in the 10 past four, where she takes on Liberty Beach and keep busy um, for John Quinn. Both trained by John Quinn. Uh, so this is the Temple Stakes. I think his quote during the week was, I'd be happy with a dead heat. Ha ha ha. Uh-huh. Um, oh, but I'm, I'm hoping that Lady in France can uh, can step up here and put in a, a really strong performance. And it's I'm, I'm intrigued by the market support for her as well. Um, you're taking the risk. Um, well, she obviously, she was um, fourth in the Abai mm. um, last year. Liberty Beach was third and Keep Busy was fifth. Um, so you know you can argue that that she was overpriced in the first place. Um, she would have, as you said, she might well have needed the run. She's had a bit of a blowout. They happens. Um, so I can see why there's been support for Lady in France. I just think she was flattered by that form. Um, it, I don't think the by itself was a great race. Um, and Liberty Beach and Keep Busy both had form of similar merits um, at other times during the season. I think Keep Busy's got the got the best the best form in the race. Um, she was second uh, at Royal Ascot um, behind um, uh, Art Parr. Um, she was a very good second in the Flying Five at the Curra as well. Uh, and she, um, I don't think, she, I don't think Ryan Moore gave her a brilliant ride from the Abai. To be honest, she finished stronger than the other two, but she just yeah. just came from a bit too far back. Mm. Um, she's proven on on. Um, testing ground, proven on heavy ground, one on heavy ground in France. And she's out of a mare, uh, Luke Busy, who absolutely loved the mud. Um, so, and, and Luke Busy also was very, very tough and kept progressing through her career. So you kept, every season you looked at her and you, th- you looked at who trained her and you thought, ah, she can't go on from that. Uh, she, she just kept getting better, um, Luke Busy. So I think Keep Busy looks in the same sort of mould. Um, I, would, I would marginally favour her over Liberty Beach. Um, particularly at the prices, Liberty Beach, two to one favourite, keep busy, hundred to thirty. Um, we don't know exactly how fit they are, but I'd imagine John Quinn will have them well forward for this, um, and that gives them a, a big chance. Kea Moro also comes into the reckoning, but I thought she was, again, she shouldn't need the race as she won first time out last season, but it was a, a much easier race than this. And whether she wants to grind quite so deep, um, she gave Patash a bit of a fright in the um, in the Nunthorpe last year, um, but she just got away a little bit. Uh, in the early stages, I'm not sure she wants um, uh, she wants a slog as much at this trip, uh, whereas a few of the others are um, are proven in those conditions. And I think Kea Mora might just um, might lose out as a result. Okay, Lady in France for me. 
What is your best bet of the weekend? Um, good question. Good question. Um, I um, hoping the price um, holds up. I put up Vindolanda. Oh, I go nap on Vindolanda tomorrow. Okay, I was not expecting that. Anyway, I don't think she shouldn't be double figures. The, the the worry with her is that you know she won't be double figures in the end, and she just should just end up being the right price, and you get moral points. I'm very intrigued to see Tiger Moth back, and I think that Tiger Moth offers a bit of value, but I'll go with Van Gogh, Van Gogh for the Irish 2000 guineas uh, as my nap of the weekend. Tuesday is when we're going to review it all and uh, wow, did we time that right because it was actually Sarah's idea. Sarah Lyon said, how about we review it on Tuesday instead? So Rory... Uh, they'll be running the Irish 1000 guineas on Tuesday. They have a contingency and Pacquiao is a very, very smart man and um, it's going to be Sarah Lynham and Rory Delarkey to look back on uh, a classic weekend. It doesn't look like it's going to happen Saturday, but hopefully we will have racing at the Curra on Sunday and we will have racing at the Curra on Monday. What are you currently watching, sir? My uh, my mother-in-law has put me on to White Collar. White Collar. Good show, that. I liked White Collar. Just, you know, it's... Uh, US, it's, yeah, US it's, procedural. It's, um, it's very... It's, it's, um, uh, it's easy to dip in and out of. It's comfortable to watch. It's very comfortable yeah. to watch. It's on Netflix. Matt Boomer plays a con man who the FBI recruit to help in dealing with art forgeries and the like. And uh, they get into all kinds of scrapes. Uh, well, people can still walk into the FBI office and go, my house is going to be repossessed. Please help me. And they go, yeah, that's all right. That's definitely what the FBI do. Yeah, not a bother. Sorry. So you, have to, you have to kind of ignore that kind of... Uh, that kind of nonsense. I have started watching a show that I was told about about a year ago, year and a half ago. I'm not even ashamed to say this. I have watched two seasons in a week and I'm on to season three and it's American Gods on Amazon, which I would highly recommend. Ian McShane is in it and he's an executive producer of it as well. And uh, it's it's weird, but um, American Gods... American gods. I thought you said American goths. I thought, that doesn't really sound like Ian McShane's kind of thing. You'd be surprised. It's very, very good. Like I said, it's weird. It's a bit messed up. It's bloody violent. But if you like that kind of stuff, and if you are uh, willing to open your mind, then American Gods is the show for you. Season three, I think, just dropped on Amazon. So that's what I'm currently watching. And uh, I'm flying through it. It's really, really good. Pablo Schreiber, who you'll know from loads of different stuff. He was the baddie in Den of Thieves opposite Jared Butler. He's in it as well. It's a very good show. I, I, I like it a lot. Uh, it deals with a lot of mythology. And uh, I would highly recommend it. So that. And also, if you're looking for a laugh, Motherland. Have you watched Motherland? Oh yeah, I watched Motherland. Yes, Motherland's very good. God, that's so funny. What I'm hoping for in, in is that they somehow manage to combine Motherland and Line of Duty <laughs> next season. <laughs> Turns out that Julia is actually Julia Carmichael. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd love it if she's uh, if she's doing a bit in Line of Duty and she gets a call that you got to pick your kids up from school. Oh fuck it, Dan! See, Come on. See the character transition. <laughs> it's terrific and. Anna Maxwell Martin is superb in it. She's absolutely brilliant in it. I could not recommend that show enough. It's hilarious. Motherland. There's only two seasons available on Netflix, but um, for those of you in the UK, and our, most of our audience comes from the UK, you can watch it on the iPlayer, and I think there's three seasons there. So knock yourselves out and, um, and laugh your socks off. It's 
bloody hilarious and uh, Anna Maxwell Martin is one of the finest actors working today uh, right from Roy Delargy uh, goodbye and good luck and from me Emmett Kennedy we've got bets for Saturday so we're sorted with Haydock uh, live on Racing TV and ITV4 let's hope that the contingency plan can kick in and that the Curra goes ahead on Sunday and on Monday because Saturday highly unlikely uh, but hopefully Pango we'll go and do the business best of luck to you enjoy the weekend and we'll chat to you on Tuesday on the Final Furlong Podcast take care God bless the Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by Tote think you can't get better value think again 10% bigger dividends when you bet direct with Tote Plus at tote.co.uk